Hi, I'm Jen. This is Gardening Out Loud. It is Sunday, September 17th. It's about 8.45 in the morning. And I'm so glad you've joined me in the garden today. The last week or so has marked a big shift here. It is decidedly autumnal. One of the giveaways is that the cosmos are more seed heads than flowers now, which is kind of sad, actually. When I'm trying to find some to cut, it requires a bit more creativity or a bit more acceptance that a bouquet will have not just things in their prime, but things past their prime. And (laughs) that's a bouquet that's emblematic of this season. Unless you're an aster, then you're very much in your prime. I had a couple people in the garden to make bouquets yesterday and one of them noted how many bees there were. Oh, cardinal fight. Sorry, breaking news. For some reason, the male is almost hissing at the female and she's hopping from branch to branch and he's coming after her. I don't know if this is a mating thing. Drama, high drama in the garden. Anyway, if you listen, you may hear a lot of cardinal activity this morning. So while some forms of life are winding down, the bees are still going strong. This is that final frenzy and it is almost mesmerizing to be here watching those bees, especially in the afternoon. I find some sunshine makes them most active. Today I'm walking in the garden barefoot, a bold move. But at the end of the season, I have this desire to soak up as much garden as I can. And I thought a little barefoot groundedness would be a welcome change. It's also a time when I'm like trying to just take in as much through my senses as possible. So I'm smelling the things that can be smelled, my beautiful. God, Desdemona, she's amazing. That tropical passion fruity scent I've described before. I take the time to run my hands over the lavender, the whole plant. Not just those flowers, because even the foliage has smell or scent, if we're being elegant about it. Smelling the mint and the floralness of the Tulsi basil, which I just harvested a bunch of this morning to dry for tea. Smelling the Italian basil. Oh, here's another sprig of Tulsi that's going to get cut to dry. I was having lunch with a friend this week and she asked me, how long are you spending in the garden? 
two hours a week? And I think she meant doing chores. And the answer is at this time of year, I'm only spending as much time really as I want. I can pop down and harvest for 15 minutes or so. That will take care of that. I might do the odd task, like topping the tomatoes. This is a thing you can do now, which is to say, finding the highest fruit on your plant and just cutting off the top of the plant a couple of branches above that to tell the tomato plant, focus. Focus on ripening the fruits you have. (laughs) Which suddenly seems like a very profound thing to say. Focus on ripening the fruits you have. My God. Anyway, so I might pop out and do something like that. I might walk around and save some seeds. But really, at this point, the garden's not asking that much. Even the explosion of dahlias has slowed down. There's still a bunch, and there's actually a few that got planted really late and in suboptimal spots that are just starting to bloom. But generally, everyone's slowing down, which is a good cue for me. I love summer. It's incredible, but it is at times frantic. Here, summer is so short, and if you are someone who loves gardening and swimming and being outside, you try and get in as much summer as you can, but then by September, you're you're beat. So I feel like the garden is signaling that rest is on the way. One thing I noticed when I was out this morning is I did grow a squash, which I think is a blue curry, but I'll have to double check because it's been so long now. And while the squirrels have eaten all of my honey nut squash, which appears to be a favorite, they have left me this single blue curry squash. And I hope it is delicious. I'm not going to harvest it yet. I'm going to let it hang out for a bit longer, although that might be a dangerous decision. Maybe the squirrels will discover they like that too. But I'm soon going to cut it off and bring it in. And when we harvest squash, it's important to remember to to cut like a tea. You cut the vine and not the stem. So they'll have a better chance at storing well. So I'll cut like a little T over the the squash with two sides of the stem. One thing I'll say for the squash though, and for all of my fence growing plants, is that they got to spend the season growing on the fence. The fence was not destroyed, nor the trees. I have no idea what's happening, but I am glad that I took the chance. I mean, at that point, I really, the things were in the ground already, so I was kind of committed. But I am glad I didn't throw them out in a fit of peak, which was a real risk at a certain point. But, you know, if, if you zoom out a little bit, 
gardening is very much working with the unknown. Anything can happen over the course of a season, a disease, a drought, animal intervention, things can cross pollinate, things can come up in surprising places. Even those of us who have been gardening for a long time, we are still confronted with all kinds of surprises. One of the big surprises for me this season was this apricot lemony cosmos, which has been stunning. I got this seedling at the Scatting Court Urban Agricultural Seedling Sale in May, I guess. And so it was really the best established Cosmo to go in. And I have no problem going growing Cosmos. I grow big, beautiful, bushy ones every year. But this one became an absolute giant. It is, I'd say, well over six feet tall. Its main stalk is as thick as a broomstick. And the other stalks off it are almost that thick too of the main stems. And so they've actually started collapsing under their own weight and breaking because they are so heavy. So I did not expect this. It has a lot of green on it, more than the other cosmos. I'm guessing that one, this was an area with a good amount of nitrogen in it. And two, that giving it that like extra two weeks maybe of head start really made a difference. It allowed it to grow in just peak conditions for what a cosmos wants. And so it has actually shaded out some of the dahlias, which are still quite large because I did not expected to get this big. So I don't know if that is good or bad. It was such a success that it's like almost too much success. But it was certainly surprising. Another striking surprise of the last couple of weeks was I opened my compost bin, which I add things to my compost bin like kitchen waste roughly a couple times a week. Went to put in my compost and found huge mushrooms in there and by huge okay maybe not huge but mushrooms that were several inches tall the caps of them were a few inches wide on the biggest one like a whole colony of them and I knew I had emptied the compost into there just days before and these mushrooms had sprung up to be these giant again relatively giant things in just a few days. I actually said, whoa, aloud when I took the lid off and revealed them. I just didn't expect to see it and to see that much growth that fast. Also, if you're wondering, that's not a sign that something is wrong with the compost. It's just a sign there's a lot of fungal activity and fungal activity is one way that things are broken down. It might mean that it's a little wood heavy. Fungal activity comes from wood decomposing. 
But as far as I'm concerned, it's the sign of a healthy compost. It's nothing to worry about. And I did indeed turn them in to the compost that day or the next day. The other thing that keeps surprising me this week is there's a teen morning dove that is hanging around in the normal teen robin clubhouse. And he's mostly on the ground. He can fly or she, I don't know, can fly slightly larger distances now. But he blends into the wood chip pretty well. And so I keep kind of stumbling upon him and frightening him, which I feel a little bit bad about. Although just the other day, I did sit down on the ground just to hang out with the morning dove for a little while, observe it, see what was up. And I spent a few minutes just sitting there. Anyway, so, you know, gardening, an act of faith. As we start to transition towards winter, that's important for me to remember that spring comes again. Just this morning, I was reading the book Active Hope by Joanna Macy, who's a Buddhist teacher, eco-philosopher. And a thing that really resonated with me was she tells a story of Tibetan monks rebuilding a monastery after the Chinese Cultural Revolution. This is about 27 years after their monastery had last been destroyed. And now there was a softening of policy and they could rebuild. But they didn't know if there was going to be a sea change again. But they built anyway because the philosophy was if you never started, nothing would be built. And you reckon with the fact that it could be torn down again, that it could be lost, but you build anyway. And that's not just the story of this season, although the fence puts me in mind of it a little bit. It's also the story of this garden and I think I've said before that being a rentar, I never knew, I still don't know year to year, if I'll get to stay here. And for the first few years, this stopped me from putting in perennials because in the past I had moved often. It seems silly to invest in something that generally takes about three years to really flourish. And then at a certain point I realized one, that I hadn't moved, and two, that that's the only way that you can build anything. That putting down roots was a practice of faith, and that one day I'll leave here and probably dig up as much as I can if I am so lucky to be able to do so. But I will not for a minute even if I had to leave it all behind. I wouldn't regret any of these things that I've put in the ground. Even the rose bushes, which are a bit more of a splurge, for example, that I'm very emotionally attached to. But I've had years with those roses. 
And so I guess as we're nearing the end of the season, not yet, but we can glimpse it. I'm thinking about what we're building. And while our cold winters kind of force a reset, there's still a history here. We're still building something. I'm building soil. I'm building habitat for pollinators that then lay eggs that become more pollinators. And I'm building memories too. Let me tell you, if you thought I was emotional in the spring, check out fall. I think it's maybe that fall or almost fall, officially fall next weekend. Fall forces us to slow down, to take stock. It's nice. Yesterday I was out in the garden and a black swallowtail butterfly and a monarch were here visiting at the same time, which felt auspicious. Of course, I was like scrambling about trying to get a photo or something and that never worked. And uh, probably would have been better served to just hang out with them. Anyway, I'm grateful to have a space that the butterflies want to come. Okay, before I wind things up for this week, one request. I'm thinking about doing a kind of anthology episode for the last episode of the season in October. And so what I'm asking from you is to send me a voice memo, which you can record if you have an iPhone just in your voice memos app. That's part of your system. Oh, hello, Monarch. It's like I conjured it. Anyway, my request is Record a little voice memo, just a minute or two. Tell me your name. Tell me where you garden. And then share a victory of the season, a meaningful moment, a thing that really excited you. And I would love to compile all of those stories into one episode and get a little glimpse of some of the Gardening Out Loud community and some of the spaces where we grow. So if you wanna do that, if you need help, reach out. I'd love, love, love to hear a little snippet from your garden. Okay, friends, enjoy the week ahead. And maybe go barefoot or do whatever you need to do to soak up the season. <laughs>